500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone, and for those of you who came in late, you're listening to X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. And for you, for those of you who come in now, you're watching us on the glory of YouTube. <laughs> well done, thank you for joining us. Get to see the faces behind the, behind the voices. This is episode 93, comics and news. It has to be, because I'm here. Um, <laughs> and of course, my name is Stephen East, and I'm joined today by Dan Fraser and Jermaine Parker. How are you going there, Dan? Yeah, good, uh, good, Steve. Good to see you. For you know, we talk about good to hear you on the podcast. Good to see you this time. Um, yeah, excited for this one because it's the first time we've done this, and uh, we've got to remember that most people are still going to be listening to us. But uh, there's the opportunity to tune in and watch us on YouTube if um, if you're so minded. That's right. <laughs> and how That's about yourself, Jermaine? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I think my team, like everyone else's team, lost this weekend. Uh, not doing too good in the cricket either. Um, so what better excuse to talk a bit about a phantom? That's right. The phantom always wins. So when, well, when, whenever your team's going down, just check out your hero in purple. Yeah. That's it. At least we can, um, at least we can, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, I can't even think of the word now, but you know, when you, oh, never mind. We'll just move on. <laughs> See, and this is the sort of gold that's going to make it into the YouTube uh, video because we can't edit the video as oh, easily as, as neatly as we edit out the sound in the in the audio. So um, while we while we talk, we should say a big thank you to all of the Patreon supporters because without the Patreon supporters, we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be recording this. And um, so I hope those uh, those of you who are putting a little bit of money. Uh, Towards Chronicle Chamber, uh, do at least go and check out the YouTube to uh, to see the fruits of your labours. So thank you very much, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Big shout out and to Bradley be Peach because um yeah got to, got to spend some time with him today and then um yeah told you fellas and you let me know oh did you thank him for his Patreon? I, thought, oh, I had no idea. So Brad, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, <laughs> and thank you for a great day. Yes, and uh, we've been, we've been talking about doing some other um. Uh, things using the YouTube channel as well. Um, people tend to, tend to like the Pete Clowes uh, show off your collection, so shout out there if anyone wants to show off their collection, um, get in touch with us, and we can maybe you know do a quick do a quick video like that as well. Yeah, which would be good. Yeah, yeah, brilliant way to do a collector's corner, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this is comics and news. So let's get straight into the news for starters. Um, new stuff to buy. Um, just a reminder that all details are on our website. Um, we have mm. the. I'm going to have a crack at pronouncing this. The Billy Biano clothing line. Uh, that's been out for a little while now. That seems like old news. I would have thought that'd been covered already, but um, no, that, that's still new stuff. Um, you'd like to talk a little bit more about this? So um, all I know is that they've found designs with lines through them, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's using the same the same graphics and the same 
you know, designs that King Features have been using for the last 10, 20 years, but they're done a little bit differently. Uh, I thought their, what do you call it, their product launch was interesting and different, but they got some, you know, young and hip people doing fancy stuff, um, you know, looking attractive in fandom clothing, which always helps, which is obvious, which is probably why they didn't. Well, I, I was going to say... Well, some of us do it better than others. So. I was, I was going to say, that's probably why they didn't contact us, because they wanted attractive people. Um, although, Dan, it's good to see you did your hair tonight. Um, yeah, of course, mate, of course. It, uh, this magic doesn't just happen. <laughs> Getting ready for the put the cowl on later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, so I, I thought it was quite... I, I thought it was good. The stuff's quite pricey, but, yeah. um, you know, it what is... What type of price you Oh, it's euro, so basically in euro you double everything, you double yeah. it. So, and uh, it's, it's like seventy euros for a sweatshirt, forty, fifty euros for a t-shirt. Um, yeah, not cheap. Yep. So it's normal price, normal designer price for Europe, but with the Australian dollar not doing too well, and then you got shipping as well. Yeah, yeah. Although shipping over a hundred dollars, I believe from memory, is free. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah. I like it, but it's probably outside of my price range. Um, I struggle just buying a $30 T-shirt. You're not going um, to... struggle buying a gonna... T-shirt, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm wearing a shirt. Well, that was it. It was like, um, I thought, oh, crikey, we're doing a video. I better get the shirt. So um, <laughs> I managed to get the shirt, and I didn't manage to get all the Phantom comics that we were reviewing tonight. So... Um, I'm sure the viewers would rather that I forget a Phantom comic than um than a shirt though, so all good. Yeah, so I've just I've just pulled up the, the Chronicle Chamber post on it, and which which has all of the links to um to the website and all the rest of it. Um, it, it they call it their brick logo, which are those lines that they put across the front of some of the pictures, which which actually does look pretty cool. Um, it does at least give a new um, a new slant on a lot of those pictures which we have seen, as you said, Jim, a lot of the time before. Anyone who picked up the um, Australia Post stamp set last year before last uh, will have seen all of these because they used all of those images in that. Um, but, you know, there's some nice-looking nice looking shirts and beanies and hats and that sort of stuff there. Um, I would have thought that you'd be asking some of your contacts in Scandinavia to maybe throw a beanie in a, in a box that you're going to get sent at some point, Jim. Well, yeah, that's that's all well and good, but how much is I still got to come up with that money to buy the beanie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a shame that it does cost so much. They um yeah they've they've sort of priced themselves out of the collector market and into the designer market. So I'll be interested to see how they go with it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Very good. I'm trying to search for the website to try and find it, but we're over that now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. What else to buy? Well, if you are in Europe and you want to get some uh, some fruits, it's now become a bit easier, I believe. Um, Ivan yeah. has got a, a FBIP Comics Shop. Is this IP uh, Comics Shop is the name of F- his, so his store. Facebook. Facebook IP Comics Shop. So is he selling through Facebook, or if you search Facebook, <laughs> you, you see IP Comics and you'll get. Yes. So basically, if you're from the Europe area and getting through comics via Australia, via through is a little bit too hard for you, just jump on Facebook and search for IP, that's Igloo Polio Comics. Or Ivan Peterson, perhaps. Ivan Peterson Comic Shops. (laughs) 
Um, and then I was just, you know, and then, um, and then you can contact Ivan and he will help you. Now it's, it's, it doesn't have all the benefits of a subscription, but, um, like a regular subscription to ship it to, uh, to Europe, you're looking at just a tick under 400 Australian dollars. So it's not that, it's not that cheap with through the shipping. Uh, yeah, with the comics and the shipping and that's just the regular one. The subscription so, in Australia right. is about the hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty dollars on its own. Yeah. So, so you're more than double just to get the shipping. Yeah. So yep. if, you just, if you just go through Ivan, it just maybe help a few people. Helps through because they sell more. Um, yeah. So just a shout out to Ivan for providing that service. Uh, it's all Ridgey Dig. Um, for those who well, don't he, know. He, he seems to have the comics um, almost before they're in newsagents. Like, he's not mucking around with getting them shipped over to him. Yeah, yeah. So he gets a whole pile shipped over. So he's the guy that did a lot of the colouring for the latest mm. trade paperback um, and then also for the 70th, which we'll touch upon in a second. So it's all Rigidige. Ivan's a good guy. It's not everyone's. Uh, some people tend to uh, rub him up the wrong way, but he's a good bloke. <laughs> um, so if you're, if, you know, Europe, UK... One of the Scandinavian countries, or even Ireland as well, and you want some free comics, just hit up Ivan, and then he'll give you a, a, a bit of a help. Mm. Excellent. Um, now you mentioned that the 70th trade paperback. Um, this is big news. It's um. It is huge news. It, it, it looks mm. awesome. Um, we all know the fantastic. Oh, I don't have it here. The um, the trade paperback that Fru released uh, last year was it was last mm. year, wasn't it? Um, yes. It, November, December, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, actually, I was a little bit embarrassed to tell Bradley today that I'm only halfway through it. I haven't gone back and oh. finished reading the thing because <laughs> he was buying one for his granddaughter. Um, but, yeah, the trade paperback news. Um, so, from our understanding, they've got, was it three original folk stories and then well, um, three sequel yeah. stories? Is that, is that what we... There's had? a lot of... A lot of speculation still, yeah. but from it's yeah, it's all on the website of what we know, what we've mm. speculated. You can listen to the Shane Foley podcast, which is the one before this, which is um, episode ninety-two, where it's been announced. So there's a lot of speculation. Um, we can confirm that the Wilson McCoy story is movie stars, uh, which was a nice fun story, and that Shane. Foley is doing is doing the Wilson McCoy. A lot of the other stuff, there's um, still a lot of chatter and stuff like that. Mm. So as soon as we know, we'll put it up on the website and stuff. But go have a look at the website for what we do know at the moment and what we've mm. speculated about as well. Is Shane yeah. writing and illustrating or is he just doing the artwork? No, he's just doing the artwork. Um, and, he now, did, and when we spoke to him, he did not know who was yeah. going to do, be doing the, the story yet. So um, it's sort of a watch this space at the time, at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he didn't even know what the story was either, but he got an email late today, which confirms what we already knew from someone else who found out from someone else who... Well, from someone else and stuff like, like that. To, to, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit more accurate than that. We do have a direct quote from Dudley, and that's in the story. Dudley did tell us that it is definitely the movie stars, um, and that Shane was working on that one. So that's a that's a, a stone cold fact. You can take that one to the bank. Um, beyond that, everything else, you know, we I put in the story when uh, when it went up today that um, Massimo Gambari 
would have to be a short price favourite with the to, to to follow up the Cy Barry story, and I only mm. say that because he's everybody rec- would recognise that he's got such a uh, Cy Barry influenced style, and if he's starting to do a bit of work for through, uh, that seems like a bit of a no brainer. Um, yeah. yeah. Now the question I have is who's going to do the Ray Moore style? Mm. Well, um, <laughs> spend a you know a quick second. We don't yeah. want to. We don't want this podcast to be too too long because we've only three points in. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I guess an obvious one would be Matt Kine from the Demon. Yeah. That will be an obvious one. Um, I'm just... the, there's a, there's I, I don't know what um, the relationship between Fru and Matt might be though, so that would be the question mark over that one. Um, I, I you know I don't think Fru was super impressed with um, the Demon and, and how close that was. So whether they would you know, then reward. I don't that's know. Between the lines as well. It is. Oh, and again, pure speculation, and probably should not be putting this to air. But you know, it's a free podcast, so. <laughs> uh, and we we don't get paid by free, so we don't. Have to Absolutely. Not we... by <laughs> no, that's it. However, um, if you want yeah, to pay no. us, we can send you our. Um... <laughs> yeah, I would have actually. I would have actually thought that um, Shane Foley would have been a good Ray Moore because. The thing that I like about Shane Foley is that he's quite good at copying people's designs mm. so and style. So I thought he could have been a good choice for Ray Moore, but I don't really know. Maybe um, Jamie Johnson, because he's got that dark element. Uh, um, but I think Jamie's still... He'd have to work very hard to put his own style to one side, I think. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of artists who have got that dark grim, almost gothic type of look. Maybe Jason Paulus? Or... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, you know, like, I, I, I don't... I can't really think of anyone who could do a, um, a Ray Moore style at the top of my head. It could be someone completely from left field who, you yes. know, is, is not in the Fruit stable at the moment and um, yeah. is their way in, so... Yeah, so I think it's a watch this space. Mm. As soon as we hear stuff, we'll stick it all up on the web and let people know about it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a good fun. I think it's a great idea. Uh, oh. Trade paperbacks are a good idea. It helps colour, you know, it with the movie stars and some of these other stories. It gives... Because we've talked in the past that Herms, in a sense, has the monopoly on reproducing dailies and Sundays, where mm. I think... Producing the dailies in colour or even sometimes the Sundays in new colours in a trade paperback uh, kind of gives through a little niche which keeps everyone happy. It keeps the forces happy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it wasn't as pricey as well. So that's it. the trade paperbacks that we have either seen or know about, like for, for those who came in late, that's not just Lee Fork stories. There's that theme of um, introducing people to the character and the, all the various legends behind the character and putting those stories, which would never otherwise come together, into a trade paperback. So that was a brilliant idea. We know that the Pirates of the Red Dragon is slated to go come out with the game. And I guess it's a bit like this. They've got three existing stories, but then they're going to do a prequel and a sequel. So that's that's brilliant. That's going to get people who love that story, who now want to see it in colour and get those new stories. And this one, you know, the, the prospect of this 70th birthday one for mine is probably the best one so far. In well, uh, well, that remains to be seen. I just shouldn't 
be outlandish because the four of those who came out late was really good. Um, but the prospect of Lee Fork stories with sequels, um, Lee Fork stories like we haven't seen them before, mm. um, and then followed on with um, you know what happened next or, or however the sequel wants to be interpreted. Um, you know, the, the movie stars is, is intriguing. Are we going to see movie stars um, from present day? Um, based on on movie stars that were popular immediate at the same time five years later you know there's there's lots to think about that so mm. um, yeah it's, it's, it's fascinating Cause, yeah because they got married or they wound up together the you know the playboy the and the, um, mm. yeah so maybe you know they have a kid mm. that turns out to be a playboy so they send him off to the jungle to to shape up like they and there's there's certainly um, you know, that's a, the Lee Fork trope as well. Um, who was it? Dr. Carey, who got the the good mark and then his – Carey's good mark. And, and then the, the kids came back – the grandkids came back yep. years later. So, mm. um, yeah, that would work as well. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, full faith in any um, author. Just, you know, tossing out some names. But I see Andrew Constant in the um, – in the write-up, and he's I'm really enjoying his work. Like we, we all know him from Kid Phantom, but if you have, haven't picked up um, Demon Hell on Earth, the, the DC, it's quite different from the Phantom, of course. But he, he's a very strong writer. I'm really enjoying his work. So mm. hopefully he, he gets a Guernsey um, on the book. Yeah, he he's not doing the um, the movie star sequel. We know that because Shane no. confirmed that he was not that wasn't the writer. Um, but that Andrew was doing other stuff for at the moment. You know, I think um, yeah, I, I threw that name in just as wild speculation, just to see who'd bite and what had happened. So, um, you know, there's a lot of chum in the water at this stage, and um, it's it's got a lot of traction on Facebook. Lots of people are liking it and sharing it and that sort of thing. Um, I noticed Massimo shared it uh, with a smile, uh, like a, a smiley emoticon. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Massimo just had a birthday recently, didn't he? To me. Was yes, he did. Yesterday? So happy birthday, Massimo, yes. if, you, if you're listening. And, you and happy birthday for Cy Barry for tomorrow. Tomorrow. As we record this. Big yeah. 90, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. More on that a little bit later. <laughs> hmm. um, yes. Best of through 27 results. Do we have the... Um... Oh. Gotcha. Well, do we... Oh, I threw this on there. Do we want to do this? Or are we going to uh, we gonna draw We're the, early, the prizes want... and that sort of thing? Well, we don't have We to, can. Yeah, do it. Let's do, do it. it. Have we got, okay. have we got so, the blessing from Dudley? Has he said anything? Well, what do you want to do? You want to do? We, shall we hear the results and then draw the prizes? Yeah, That's probably okay. the way to go. Yeah. Okay, so that, the... That gives uh, Dudley 20 more seconds to uh, reply. <laughs> to <laughs> yes, we did ask Dudley today if he was happy with us um, announcing the winners tonight, and uh, he hasn't replied or seen the message. So <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, so in terms of the best three covers, so we had um, a heap of people respond to this. It was a very popular competition. Um, and in terms of the best three covers, there are three clear standouts that, uh, that people really enjoyed. Um, each of these received more than 25% of the votes. Um, so 25% of people who voted in the competition picked these three. And the three covers were, in first place, was the 2017 annual, issue 1774, The Female Phantom. Yep. So that is the most popular, um, in, with 27.3% of the vote. And then tied for second with 25.5% of the vote was Pirates of the Red Dragon, Part 3, by Chris Wilde, issue 1783, and issue 1800, Massimo's Christmas Special. Um, Ooh, so there you Christmas go. Christmas Special. Yeah. 
So the Christmas special, the the annual, and Pirates of the Red Dragon Part Three top three yeah. covers as voted by by the fans. Congratulations to all those artists. Since I, yeah, since I got the uh, some of the originals uh, <laughs> progress sketches of that cover. I think I like that one a bit more as well. So, uh, <laughs> You'd go back and vote for that one now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, no. Let's. So, how many votes did we get? Uh, in total, fifty-five. Fifty-five. So it's it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's um. I think what, that would be the yeah. the most votes we've ever had, uh, most entrants in a competition that we've ever run. So. Cool. And what about best story? Yes, so best story, um, best story, best story. Well, there's a clear winner, I can tell you that. Um, this, so I'm just scrolling through this for the first time. There is a clear winner with 35% of the vote. So one in every three people who voted um, voted for the 22nd Phantom, which was um, yeah. issues 1792, 93 and 94 um, by Clays Ramethi illustrated by Paul Ryan, Alex Saviuk, and Rafa Ruiz. And that's, of course, the, the issues that had that fantastic triptych cover by Jamie Johnson. Yeah. Not, not too much of a surprise there, in my opinion. What no. was the next best story? So second po- most popular story um, was Pirates of the Red Dragon, the trilogy, um, yeah. issues 1781 through to 1783. So uh, but I guess those two stories had the – yeah, they both – the two trilogies came out first and second. Um, so yeah. that's probably – they've got a bit of an advantage there. And but then, they were good stories. Oh, of course. Yeah, they were. And then we have a tie in third place. And if I just look at what were they? Um, Phantom by Gaslight, parts one through to four, um, was in third. And tied with Phantom by Gaslight was Mistakes, Kid Phantom number one by Enriquez and Dr. Paul Mason. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm not too surprised by those numbers. I guess. Yeah. Um, they were they were the standouts in my opinion. Um, I think what makes the twenty uh, second fan and the red uh, the red dragon is just how different they were. Yeah. And they really showed the phantom, you know, being vulnerable, um, and they were fresh. And so yeah, no. Um, and it's interesting to see a story that was created, what, in the 80s? 30 years later? Late 70s, was, wasn't it? 79, oh, I think 70s. we agreed. Yeah. So that's, what, 79, so that's, what, 40 years mm. uh, is still one of the better stories. Mm. So, congratulations. That, that, that's some interesting results, I think. I'd hope to go back and listen to our best of 2017 ourselves, but I think those all of those covers were certainly in amongst our discussions mm. for the best brew cover. Um, and and the best story as well. I think um, I think even I had Twenty Second Phantom as one of my best three f- stories of the year, and uh, I'm naturally opposed to such things. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, opposed to good stories, uh, stories that take <laughs> the uh, character in directions that I don't believe it should go. But anyway, <laughs> oh, hang on, you've you've been you've been very public on the podcast that you think the Twenty Second Phantom should take over. Yeah, I probably phrased that the wrong way. So, in a in a manner, yeah, I don't know. I was not comfortable with it. I'm firmly on the record of not really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm firmly on the record as having splinters in my backside. So firmly, am I sitting on the fence? <laughs> That's, That's normally where Stephen sits. Uh, 
and, and I just like how with the uh, the YouTube now, people can just see how hard Jermaine is shaking his head. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I suppose we should um, we should draw oh, yes, the winners. So, um, I've got my Phantom Club cap here uh, with all of the... Let's see if I can get the... You can see in there all of the names of people. Hopefully, you can see your name in there if you've if you've voted. Now, what are you going to do if you draw out one of us? Well, well we, we're ineligible, mate. When, when, Did we're you just, include us? No, of course not. Oh. We, can't, we can't be winning our own prize, mate. That's ridiculous. So, nice and, nice and publicly <laughs> here. First name is... You see that? Yeah, Roger, Roger Dean. Dean. Roger Dean, we will uh, send your name to uh, Dudley and you'll get it in a uh, Fru comic coming up soon and a Fru crew badge heading your way. Just dropping more names out of the hat. And the second the second Fru crew badge winner, and again, nice and publicly there. I can't see it. Jermaine Parker. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. Uh, Peter. I can't see it. <laughs> Peter Viusimio or something like that. Sorry for butchering the last name. <laughs> it had to be a name that we could butcher. <laughs> so Roger Dean and Peter Vusimilio, whatever it is, will um, those those gentlemen. Um, congratulations, guys, and uh, we'll get those names to Dudley and uh, Free Crew Badge should be on its way to you shortly. Yes. Well done. Congratulations. Okay. See, and that's the excitement that a YouTube channel can deliver. Thank you again to the Patreons. Uh, talking about exciting, I'm just scrolling through the Kid Phantom website. You guys had a look at this? Yeah, it's no, cool. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> haven't looked at it at all. <laughs> it's fair to say that Jermaine might have a small pinky in the pie of Kid Phantom website. Would that be would that be accurate? <laughs> yeah, I've helped. Right. So we've got to be careful so, what we say. We can't, we can't protect it too can't much. Can't bag it too much. <laughs> nah, you can bag it if you want. Um, you know what? If if he's actually clever, if you want to see something happening with it, you actually say it on the podcast so it's public. So that way, <laughs> the powers of B will actually get onto it. Well, uh, when we had no when we had no game, someone yeah, publicly uh, shamed it, and then like within <laughs> a week later, there was two games on there. Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. And again, the power of the Chronicle Chamber YouTube because all they did was film Gus um, getting <laughs> on the uh, Kid Bannon website for the first time and the very first thing he did was click on games and there was nothing there. And he was a little bit sad. He was all right because he had lots more to explore. But my God, you should have hear, heard him go through the roof when he he loved the crossword. I didn't think he was going to get into that. I thought oh, it might be a bit old for him or whatever. But he actually sat there with Kid Phantoms 1, 2 and 3 pouring through them so he could find the uh, the names of the captain and of the pirates and uh, the names of the boat and this sort of thing. So I've got him rereading them. And then three or four days later when the, um, the little game, that uh, the platform game came up, oh, he just went bananas. And uh, <laughs> mm. he, he's been playing that like a mad thing ever since. Yeah, there has been a bit of a, uh, a discussion, debate about the name of the country and how it's spelled, whether it's Bengala, you know, B-E-N-G-A-L-L-A, or Bengali with the I, B-E-N-G-A-L-I. So there's been a bit of a discussion about that amongst some fans and also creators. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting. But no, the, the website's up. It's, you know, aimed at younger people. It's got a lot to go. Um, but I think it's, you know, 
it's doing its job at the moment, and I think there's some plans for some more uh, videos and interactive stuff as well to, to come. That'll but be cool. Do you, do you reckon the... Um... ...to do some work and keep getting those comics out rather than playing video games. Yeah. yeah. Um, feel free, of course, to plead the fifth on this, um, but do you reckon that um, Homework, the Kid Phantom movie, will make an appearance on there anytime soon? Anytime soon? Uh, I'd... To be honest, I would not have a clue. I get, um, I, like you said, it's just been a very, very pinky finger um, mm. in the pie. I don't know much what's going on. Um, I've just helped in the bare minimum. Um, so, yeah, so I, I really don't have much of an idea. Okay. It does seem like a platform where it might get up at oh, some yeah. point, though. I think... I think a lot of it will depend when they're actually finished showcasing it and when they've got yeah. the ability to show it public. Yeah. And it probably will be better on there than on the free website or somewhere mm. else. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen um, Gus's review, like I've only seen a little bit of it, um, so I'm really just looking at this for the first time. I have noticed that on, on the phone it doesn't, quite work so well um, yeah there's still some bugs with the phone and ipad version basically what happens is um back in the good old days uh you never had to design it for three or four or five different platforms yes platforms um so I, that's probably where a lot of my work has to be is to try and get that working on the phone and everything um so with the design, it doesn't lead. It's not the easiest to get it working on different platforms. So that's something I will, I do need to be working on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, the homepage here on the on the laptop looks good. I really like the for those who came in late and putting the um the social media bar beside it. That that seems to work out well. And then you got your your tabs at the at the top. Um, I'll just click on the. Just, files the. The only thing I'd say about the social media stream is that it is um, Paul Mason's personal stream, which is fine because the vast majority of what he posts on Instagram these days yeah. is Kid Phantom. Um, but I guess that puts, you know, I'm sure he's aware of making sure that um, it's, you know, kid appropriate. I, and I don't, I'm not saying that he would ever, um, you know, it's just got to be something that he's going to have to be mm-hmm. aware of, I guess, is while it's a while it's his personal uh, page, then. Um, you know, and and it's fed directly to the Kid Phantom site. So just something for to be aware of, I suppose. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of things will be uh, improving, changing, moving on, and stuff as we go. But I think I think a lot of it was actually trying to get something up because oh, for sure. it's been advertised, and they actually need something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, actually, I was just with the. I was still going on the website. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. like Jermaine said, um, they're flashing out the the web address everywhere, like on the back of yes. masks and badges and comics and whatever. Yeah. And there was nothing there, so um, yeah. I would have thought that having the website ready to go when they're advertising the site would have been um, the first thing you do. Um, glad glad that they put the game up there within a week because mm. yeah, that's what the kids will all be going on. Um, the fact files mm. and the characters are great. When I've just clicked mm. on those, um, I haven't clicked on comics. I'm guessing that's just 
Yeah, that takes you straight to Fru's website where you can buy the comic. Oh, no, no, tell a lie, tell a lie. The comics one doesn't. The shop does that. Comics actually takes you to the page, and you can actually see um, pages of the comics, um, about eight or seven or eight pages of each of the issues, which um, which is cool. Sounds good. Just as a bit of a a teaser, I guess. Yep. Art class is coming soon, and... Downloads. I'm guessing that's the um, the poster that. A lot uh, of are you guys still picking shows. holes in this? I'm just doing a review, <laughs> my own little review. <laughs> I'm saying it's a good thing that they're up because advertising a site that's not there wasn't really cool. Yes, totally agree. Come on, guys, let's move on. Move on. Okay, <laughs> get to work. Um, so the Phantom Universe cards or uh, the card folder, it's on its way. Um. The, the artwork, we've released that on the website. Uh, when did we release, release that, Dan? This way, Yesterday? Yeah. Well, Friday night, I think. Friday night. Yep. Now, hang on, I'm just click this back on the Skype so I can see myself so I know what I'm doing here. Um, I popped into <laughs> my local comic shop. Well, actually, I've been there twice, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. But um, they had uh, pages where you could put your... There we go. For the beauty, oh, the beauty, you've beauty got the of um, for YouTube, it. for those of you who can't see it, I'll try and talk about it. Um, but the pocket pages for the universe, Phantom Universe cards, you can fit four to a page. Um, I've just got them in the file binder at the moment. And um, I oh, think yeah. they look pretty good like that. Yeah, and, and you do yeah. need to be able to see both sides, don't you? Yeah, with all both, the information yeah, both on sides. The back. It's imperative that you see both sides with all the info that's on there. Um and yeah, the flash is there. It's looking, you can't quite see it because of the the screen. But the kid Phantom's over there. He's card number eleven, so I've put him on the in the third page. Second. That raises a good point. Do you st- do you stick it as number eleven, or do yep. you just stick it where you get it? No, no it'll number eleven. Yep. The, the the other ten will come out eventually. It's uh, what are we? Uh... Because I assume the Kid Phantom cards are now going to be 11, 12, 13, 14, and so on. Well, um, I was on the on the Kid Phantom cards the Kid Phantom's universe. So um, that'll be like a little subset uh, of um, yeah. it, I reckon. And the credits on the back of the, the folder say that the Kid Phantom cards um, have, uh, you know, are written by Andrew Constant and words by Paul Mason, whereas the majority of them, or certainly the, the first four, um, have got the art by um, uh, Henrik. Henrik, Elon, and there's one more. Oh, I can't remember his name, but there's the three Swedish yeah. um, artists. Uh, and Elon, Andreas Ericsson is yeah. writing them. Yeah, so basically there's the majority of them, but a lot of the um, new characters that are created and introduced by Fru. Um, will have their own ones as well. Yeah, so, that's so majority of them will be um, Egmont created, um, which which makes sense because they were originally put in the Egmont Egmont comics. Um, but I would say probably by the end of the day, there will probably be maybe a third or a quarter, which will be free created ones like Kid Phantom yeah. and. Maybe. Well, and that'll be interesting because when they first came out, Dudley said 52 was the number that he quoted at us, and that must be, I guess, the number that um, Egmont had in their set, ultimately, um, or thereabouts. Do you, would that be accurate? Yeah, they did about two years, 
and maybe three years. And from memory, there's about 20 issues um, a year for Egmont. So, so have, you, right. have you got those Egmont cards, Jim? Uh, they're not cards. They're actually just like introduced on like a page. Um, oh, okay. I don't have one with me, but um, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. And the and the folder, the binders, um, the art, and that again being done by um, uh, mm. Jeremy McPherson. Jeremy, yes. Who mm. um, who's made a like a, a family portrait or something, a la the the thousandth issue, I reckon, but just kind of like mm. a bit updated. Would that be a fair? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I when I first saw that I when I first saw it, that's what I thought of immediately mm. was the thousandth issue. Yeah, but it's clearly it's not just family because the kids aren't there, for instance, the twins aren't there, um, and it looks like the, the most of the characters are pretty obvious. There's one there that I'm not sure about. I guess it must be Miss Mist, which yeah, it is. It's a, I don't know, to me seems like an odd one to have in the top seven or eight characters. But uh, anyway, it's... Um, you know. Especially when Hero doesn't get a Guernsey. Maybe Jeremy just likes to draw blonde females. <laughs> Maybe, who knows, who knows. Anyway, I think it's, it looks good, and I can't wait for it to actually come out. I do think, though, that um, it's probably just a uh, being saved, held back for Supernova, so that it's an extra thing that we have to uh, pick up while we're there in Sydney. <laughs> I was asked um, recently if I knew any inside word on that folder, and I said, mate, your, your guess is as good as mine, but I reckon Supernova. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Supernova is going to be expensive. Yes, and we'll need a um to pay for extra uh, extra luggage on the way home. I think. Mate, I'll take just... my big bag as, that I usually take away on weekends. <laughs> but that's just going to be and, the free uh, stuff, and my little overnight bag is what I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> yeah, and and any clothes that you wear on the weekend, just throw out uh, in Sydney. They don't come home again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So moving, moving on, on um, news out of Hermes Press is, uh, is that Kennedy's mission has re- been reduced to three issues, um, down from yeah. five or six. Five was the initial uh, plan, five, yeah. Because originally in my head for some reason I thought it was from six down to four, so five down to three, um, mm. which is just fortunate or no unfortunate. Surprise. How, how are we um, thinking about the story? It's like, no surprise. No surprise because well. We've been vocal about how they've been treating their, their comic. Their other stuff yeah. might be doing great, but they they need to learn how to do this bit better because um, alienating your um, your readership and you know, having 12 months in between issues is that's not not the way to get a publication out there or get people well, to buy it. I would have thought. As we mm. said before, it's so hard to actually get a copy of them in Australia, which is probably their biggest market share um you know my local my local comic book shop doesn't uh ship it fans vault isn't getting them in for whatever reason um you know i've had to go to america and then i had the american guy contact me and say oh yeah uh doesn't look like this is coming out do you want your money back or do you want to wait another month so Mm. well i don't think so are we talking about issue two there Mm. well issue two hasn't come on is it's not even available on their website is it no, but that's what I'm saying is that, you know, they release it in the previews so people yeah. take uh, pre-orders and then the delay, before the delays, then they're like, well, you've you've got a pre-order, do you want to cancel it or should we wait another month or two? Yeah, 
Mm. Um, it's been a debacle, debacle, to be honest. Um, I think it's good we're going to get three issues because that means the wait to finish the story will be over in two years instead of five years. <laughs> um, now, was there, yeah. was there mention of the, the page count going up to try and... Yeah, there for, was. Yeah, for yeah. the third issue. Yeah, so the the first issue was 20 pages. The second issue, which presumably is printed or but just waiting to come into the stores, is also 20 pages. Um, rather than three more sets of 20, there'll be one more set of 30. So clearly the story's been truncated. Um, but I'd be interested to, to know how they've they've managed to do that. They basically dropped the, the third and fourth acts, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it'll... Um, I think it'll be best read then as the trade paperback, which uh, Dan Herman yeah. did promise um, would would be following the third issue. But uh, yeah, I guess the time frame on that is what remains to be seen. Hmm. Um, so the comic might not be going that well, but apparently their Avon novel reprints are doing great. Yeah. So this is um, this is something we probably haven't. Um, I probably should have put this up on the, the site or something, I suppose, but it was just sort of a throwaway line from um, uh, from Hermes when we were talking to them. You know, I, I've put up a couple of posts sort of speculating that the Avon novels may not make it through to the full 15 um, because just some of the tone of uh, Dan in his, in his YouTube videos and some of the things that he's been saying. Um, but the most recent communication we've had from Hermes Press is that the Avon novels are going great guns and there was a lot more optimism from Dan in his last video it sounds like people have um i guess started buying those and um in the last communication yeah the the direct quote is avon is doing great and um that there'd be no doubt that they would definitely do the 15 which is good um i've belatedly started reading them myself and i've really enjoyed the couple that i've finished so far um and about to hook into the third one very good Good what about you um jermaine you've been reading them i already read them um, I don't have time you to read, read the normal. Yeah, I don't have time to read normal fandom comics, let alone books. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I've I've read them. I've read I've reread some of them again. Um, the first one is great. I enjoyed the Slave Market of Muka. Uh, the Golden Circle is another good one. Uh, the Island of Dogs is probably one of my favourites as well. So there, um, I think Dan, it's the first time you've read them, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. And Steve, it's the first time you've read them yep. as well, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that gets me is that it, it picks all of the great Phantom stories and it adds so much more. And it's it's just a good read. It's, you know, if you like your Phantom comics and you've always liked, oh, I wish we can actually get more of that story, that's what these are. Yeah, well, I, the the moment I finished Slave Market of Mucar, I went and tracked down the comic of it and read the comic. And um, having just read the novel, I enjoyed the the comic so much more. I actually, uh, and I think I might have said this to you guys, I, it, it's a shame in a way that they haven't, I, they've just reprinted the Avon novels. It's a shame they didn't update them a little bit by going, right, let's reprint the text, but throw in 20 or 30 of Cy Barry's panels um, throughout the text and have mm. those pictures there next to the next to the, the pros. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, what's the phrase? Uh, the Son of the Phantom, the 1940s yeah. hardcover book. That's what they've done with that one. They've used yeah. a lot of uh, 
Wilson McCoy's uh, the big little books as well from the 30s and 40s did the same. Yeah. So yeah, no, you raise a good point. Very good. Well, we'll have to get onto Hermes to start reprinting the big little books next. <laughs> or through that way it might happen a bit quicker. <laughs> um, I've only read the first one because I've gotten stuck into the um, Game of Thrones novels, the Song of Ice and Fire. Oh uh, well, so, <laughs> that that's uh, going to burn two years for you. God, they're big well, books. <laughs> they are big. I'm up to my second last one of what's been written. So um, yeah, and then once once that's done, I'm iron off the um, the the Avon novels again. Yeah. Um, Lightning Strikes, launch of their own series. Now this was this flag a while ago with um with our interview. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's been no news on that since. Uh, no. No. Yeah. No, so um, yeah. So Eon got in touch with us, crikey, what about a week or two ago, just saying that there was uh, a bit of a delay with a, a death in the family and stuff like that. So I don't think just because you haven't heard anything in the last month i don't think that means nothing's happening it's just probably a bit of a delay with some unforeseen circumstances yeah yeah and and look i, I think you know we, we we've just had a bit of a crack at, at hermes um and they're, they're probably still a small operation as well like the more you hear about hermes it, it, i don't know that there's um a whole bunch of staff there we know that fru basically runs on a skeleton staff of about four people um, when we talked to Owen McCauley, basically it's him and another bloke who both got full-time jobs anyway, and they and they run Lightning Strike, um, you know, in their spare time. Hermes Press obviously is a, is a little bit bigger than that, but I don't know that they've got, you know, a yeah. staff of thousands. Um, no, so... it's not a staff of thousands. I think probably Herm's biggest problem is the fact that they release a lot of stuff, um, and then I think the comic book series was probably overreaching a little bit. So you've got, you know, you've got uh, Dan. It, it stepped Hermes. outside their normal business model, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, and I, it was a risk that probably hasn't paid off. Uh, it's good that they had a go, but um, yeah, I think I think you're right that with Herms and Lightning Strikes, that sometimes we need to be a little bit patient. Yeah. So anyway. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> we all want it now, now, now. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, looking forward to the Lightning Strike books. Yes, very much so. Um, some big events coming up. Um, as we mentioned earlier, it's Cyberry's birthday tomorrow. Um, turns a big 90th Happy 90th birthday, Cy, from all of us here at Chronicle Chamber. And as a special uh, birthday surprise um, for anyone who's going to the Big Apple Con, Cy's making an appearance. Is this correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's at the end, toward the end of March, if I've got the dates right, that um, he'll be up here at the New York Con, um, which is his hometown. So, um, you know, he, he did talk to us in the interview that we had a while ago. Is it two years now? year and a half ago? That, um, you know, travel is getting more and more difficult for him, which uh, you can understand. Um, I think anyone who starts to enter the nervous 90s is, is entitled to um, want to stay behind the crease as much as possible um, and, and not run the risk of getting run out, so to speak. But, uh, look, um, to, you just, you'd love to be able to get to New York and, and see him at a con or, um, you know, catch up. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's obviously a bit of a celebration in the fandom world too with, um, with what Sal Valuto is putting together. Uh, it's actually Pete that's putting that together, but, yeah. Oh, it's Sal that I see advertising it mostly on, on Facebook. Yeah, no, it's Pete. So Pete, so for Pete those Klaus. who don't know, Pete Klaus or Claus, uh, who we have all 
heard of, seen some of his collection and all that. He is, um, what do we call it, commissioning a whole bunch of fan of fans. Sal is helping him. Um, right. And basically getting a whole bunch of phantom artists to put together a bit of a tribute to Cy for the 90th right. as well. And it's going to be presented in a bit of a book or a booklet and then given to um, to Cy Barry as a bit of a birthday present from Pete and from the wider phantom community. And it is cool. You see, we're starting to see some of those pictures. Some of the artists are putting them up on Facebook and Sal, I guess, is where I got the idea from, is, is sharing a lot of those. So... Um, you know, there's some there's some pretty cool pictures there um, that are, that are up and about, and um, you know, who knows what other ones we're not seeing that are going straight to Pete, perhaps. And um, you know, I think that'd be a absolute absolute stunning uh, collection for Cy, and good on him too. Uh, good on good on yeah. Pete for putting it together. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and, just a, it's nice. And thank you for letting um, Chronicle Chamber be involved. None of us can uh, can draw that well, but um, hopefully uh, we can write, or Dan can write what we you know, <laughs> put into a. Uh, you know, a sentence that works or a few paragraphs that works from what we say to him and yeah so thank you Pete and thank you um, thank you Cy um, on the we'll talk about the big Apple con um, the big Sydney supernova is coming up but this news is actually about next year's supernova big special guest uh, Jeff Weigel is going to be at supernova 2019 that's been confirmed fellas uh, yes Jeff has confirmed with us Excellent. So what can we expect to see from Jeff at Supernova? Uh, we'll see Jeff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Plenty of artwork for, for eager uh, yeah. to, to so the, pick up. Yeah, the, the, int- the exciting news is the fact that he's going probably from June uh, this year. He'll be going from digital to original, um, which means he'll probably have about a year, maybe a little bit longer of original art to be able to sell at Supernova. So um, I think from memory, we were talking about Terry Beatty. When he came to Australia, he made comment to me and some others that it was in the one in the one day of Sydney, he had sold more Phantom art, artwork than basically ever before. Um, and it, it sold more artwork in Australia on that one day that and any of his previous cons as well that he had ever been to. So, um, yeah, so it, it's worthwhile. Um, it'll be exciting to see some uh, original artwork. I've got original of Jeff already. He's, he has a little bit of time to do commissions and, and stuff like that. I've got a thumbnail from a Sunday and a sketch cover of his. Um, so, yeah, so but it'll be – I'm sure there's – I could probably think of 20 people that are looking for a Sunday as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, as he moves into the the um, pen and paper changes. stuff to, to see if his style does change at all. Um, I had cause to do, we've changed software at school and that we've got to do all our marking um, on screens now. And I actually had to do um, a signature. My, my signature is something as simple and as natural as that on the screen. And I must have done it 50 times and still couldn't get. <laughs> it to look like what it looks like when with a pen and paper and ended up I've got a new signature on screen so um it, it is it is different I'm obviously um, nowhere near as experienced or or talented in any way as what dexterous. Jeff is with um or dexterous yeah uh but it's it's just telling how different it is to to draw on screen so it will be interesting to see if his style does um does noticeably change at all mm. yeah 
Um, and seeing as he's going to start, when was it? June. Um, you can be safe in the assumption that there won't be a whole bunch of, you know, two months worth of tunnels in this original arc. <laughs> Not enjoying the uh, the rat at the moment. It, the it's called the rat. He's going to spend some time underground. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But two months is getting a bit stretching it. Um, <laughs> you must have enjo- you must have loved it today then. When last week we saw the light at the end of the tunnel, finally he's going to get out of the tunnel. And what do we look? We log on today. It's a repeat of last week's strip. <laughs> I couldn't oh, believe it. <laughs> didn't, and didn't the blokes who like to post on those message boards just have a field day? Didn't they go to town? Yeah. Um, so it's safe to assume that um, Jeff will be special guest at the um, at the dinner on a Saturday night next year. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Are we allowed to say? Who is this year? Has there been confirmation on that, or is it just whispers? Um, no confirmation, just whispers. Um, no confirmation yet. As soon as we know, we'll let people know. Very much. Excellent. Um, if it is who I believe it is, I'm very much looking forward to it, and I'm going to bring a whole bunch of comics that might not be through, might be DC, and he can sign them. <laughs> Why well, is that supernova? You know more than I do. I'm intrigued. We'll have to talk post clip. <laughs> Um, okay, now I alluded to this earlier, um, I've spoiled the surprise, but there's a new Indian language comic <laughs> discovered, um, being an international thing, is this, um, your baby, Jermaine, who, who discovered this? Um, yeah, so basically, a collector called AJ from India contacted me saying, I think I found a new language, um, with myself and a couple of other guys, we were able to confirm that there was a new Indian language that was published back in the mid-90s that no one knew about, including all of these high-profile Indian collectors. Um, and so there's been a, f- a few people that have uh, been able to get them and confirm, which is rather exciting. Um, so, yeah, so there's... I Actually, there's some more news sort of related to this, which I'll put on the website probably about another couple of weeks' time. I'm still finding out some finer details. It might actually be a new Phantom Country as well. Oh, oh wow. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> so you're not going to post anything about that until you have a copy of that new country's <laughs> comic in your hands, <laughs> I imagine. And then let everyone else uh, know about it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> actually, I heard uh, some, some news on um, just yesterday. Oh, it's not real news, but um, somebody who's just recently retired and living in the Ballarat area, where I am, um was an art curator or an art director or something and would go overseas a fair bit and has a collection of international comics. Not all Phantom, but Phantom is in there. And um, yeah, my my local comic shop owner was telling me about it and I don't know if he's planning on keeping them or if they're going to be up for um, up for sale. So um, something to watch there. There might be a couple of little yeah. gems there. Yeah, definitely. There's some great overseas phantom comics out there especially uh some of the spartas uh from italy got some beautiful covers uh norway and sweden and finland and all that there's some great covers from there as well um you know and then there's some real hidden gems like some of the indian stuff uh turkey brazil um and then even some of the southeast asian stuff as well there's some uh there's some real gems out there some of them get quite pricey because they're hard to get a hold of, but um, yeah, there's some great stuff out there. So, a couple of questions. Uh, one, how does a 
a new language just appear? Like you said that it was printed in the 90s, so it's, tw it's a potentially 20, 25 years old. How does how did no one know about it? And where did, did, did someone just find a box in a basement somewhere and go, oh, my God, I've just got a big pile of these comics that were printed in a sub-province of India somewhere? Or what happens there? Yeah, basically about that. India is a very large place. There's yeah. a lot of people there. There's yeah. a lot of um, languages, a lot of official languages and a lot of unofficial languages. One day soon I would love to get a couple of Indian guys on just to kind of give us a bit more of an idea of yeah. India and the Phantom because, you know, yeah. we've kind of dabbled in that with uh, the next ish, next podcast in the Cholman preview and also with um, Kevin Patrick. Mm. But, um, yeah, there's there's – there's, I think from memory it's about 10 or 11 different languages have featured the Phantom, and that's just in comic books, not including local newspapers and rags and pirated stuff and everything else. So um, Indra Jal was – they've published officially nine, unofficially maybe ten, but no one's seen the ten, and we don't think that one actually exists. Um, and then Diamond, we always thought, only produced three. The new uh, language that is very, very similar is the Bengali. So basically it uses a lot of the same uh, fonts and the same words, but it's, it's a little bit different. And only basically someone who's trained and actually understands languages is actually able to tell the difference. Okay. And so second question, I've never been particularly interested in international comics. Um and a big part of that is because I can't read it. So, what you know, to me, um, what's the point? Um, you mentioned covers. That, what, what is the appeal of, of collecting international comics? If you can't read it, if it's the same story and it's just translated, um, so the art's no different, um, what's, the, what's the appeal? Um, okay, for myself, covers is a lot. Um, I've always been fascinated like, with other cultures, other languages, other countries and stuff like that as well. So there's, there's that non-phantom appeal. Uh, there's a couple of people out there that collect comics from other countries as well, so there's a bit of a, a competitive edge between <laughs> yeah. a few of us trying to get the complete set. So there's uh, Glenn Ford, Chris Hill, Sarope, uh, Bradley, uh, Terry Cray, uh, John Cookson, uh, just to name a few who also collect <laughs> comics from around the world. So there's that bit of competitive edge as well trying to see who can you know complete the set so well maybe maybe this little fish needs to stay away from all of those big fish in the pond circling around looking for international <laughs> comics because uh if what you say is, i don't know that i can i can swim in that pond for long <laughs> no no and it's a real niche it is a niche yeah. but with the phantom which we've discussed plenty of times there's so many things about the phantom that you can collect some people just collect free comics. Some people just collect Australian stuff. Some people, you know, collect official stuff. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of different niches. Um, you know, some people like to just collect the the 50s and 60s and then the 90s stuff or the 80s and 90s stuff, which was kind of like the two strong phantom eras. I know a few people that collect all the, you know, 40s, 50s and 60s fan and stuff, and then they're into the 80s and 90s, which includes all the fan clubs, monkeys, and, yeah. you know, that. So there's different stuff for people to, do, to collect. Fair enough. Excellent. Um, well, 
someone who's, I don't know if they're collecting at all, but they're just going to create their own type of stuff. The Lu... Oh, how am I going to pronounce this? Lurella? Lurella? Yep. Lurella? Uh, Phantom Structure. I remember reading about this. This has been around, out for a little while now. Um, yeah, about a month. About a month now. Um, can you rejig my memory about what, what this is about, Dan? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'm just bringing up the exact address. But basically, um, people would remember the Phantom Art Show and um, the, um, the the Phantom Art Show that Peter Kingston and Dietmar put together and the, um, the all of the stuff that came out of that. One of the things that Peter's particularly um, prolific in creating is this um, this Phantom uh, totem is 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 how it has been described to me, and there's a couple of those that were floating around in the show, um, in the in the Phantom Art show. Basically, a a huge version of that has been recreated um, up in the Blue Mountains, um, about an hour and a half drive west of Sydney, and um, it uh, stands atop a, a mountain and overlooks um, the valleys below. And uh, we've included some pictures of it in the in the site that in the page that we put on the site. And it does it looks incredibly stunning. Um, by by way of background, it's been it's at the Lura uh, Toy Museum, Railway and Toy Museum, and uh, it features in the grounds of that um, really picturesque spot. Um, part of the Sophie Monk Bachelor show was filmed there. Um, so really, in fact, um, they they had to. Uh, hold off on putting the, the Phantom up because uh, they put him in the amphitheatre where they were filming The Bachelor, um, which is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, so he's up there now. He's made by the um, the groundsman, basically, or the maintenance man who works at the Toy Museum. Um, there's, there's some of the um, progress shots of that in the, the webpage as well. And, uh, yeah, Peter Kingston himself has done some of the artwork on it, um, Probably fair to say that Peter was uh, had some reservations about the way that it finally turned out. He wasn't particularly happy. He, he's a fussy artist, Pete. Um, and uh, all of them. Yeah, and and I guess if if it wasn't exactly as he would have done it, he was going to find something that he wasn't happy with. So he spent a fair bit of time redoing the face, um, and and particularly the mouth was the thing that he was worried about. And I think if you have a look at the the olive oil and the buffhead um, totems, which are there as well. There's pictures of them. The, the mouths on those are very cartoony, and I suspect that the original phantom mouth was very cartoony as well, and um, Peter Kingston was adamant that that had to change and had to be the stern Wilson McCoy type um, look that uh, as he as he you know surveyed his uh, surveyed the lands below. So um, so Peter's done that, and uh, yeah, I, look, I'd I'd love to think that when I was down in Sydney in June, I'd, I'd have time to pop out and see that, but that's you know, four hours I could be spending at Supernova <laughs> talking to phantom artists and, and spending my hard-earned cash too. So um, I probably won't get out there this time, but there will be – it's going to be there for a long, long time. Um, so hopefully at some stage I'll get a chance to, to get out and see it. Yeah. Mm. Same here. Okie dokie. Moving on to comics. Let's go oh, really? Is that all the news? <laughs> Is that all the news? What? I've been going for about an hour. <laughs> oh, well, didn't I, I, I brought this on us, I think, because last time we did a comic news, there was hardly any news, and I made a point of saying, oh, this hasn't been much news lately, and all of a sudden, there's news everywhere. So, <laughs> yeah, Well, that was just after Christmas, yeah. so it wasn't much over there. 
It's all your yeah. fault, Dan. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. So, ooh, what am I doing there? Don't put that on top of that. So, comics review. So, first comic off the bat is issue 1803. The um, Phantom Replica number 14. Um, which has... Oh, sorry, Siri's just going off on... Oh, sorry, Siri, turn you off. Um, <laughs> gotta keep notes and stuff. Now you get to see what I'm, what I'm doing. Okay, which has uh, 160... <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the curtain! Don't look <laughs> at the man behind the curtain! <laughs> um, so, Collector's Record number 14 has 160, the Toadmen, 159, the Swamp Rats, uh, number 158, the Flirtatious Princess... Um, of course, they're all done by Lee Falk and artist Wilson McCoy. Um, I found out the cover artist is Eden Small. She's the one, or oh, the sculpture's by Eden Small. Um, I haven't read it in time for the podcast. What about you guys? No, I didn't even. Just filed it away. I think Look, that's I'm, all that needs to be said with the replicas. I, I am always the biggest advocate for the replicas here, but I'm not going to. We've, we've already been talking for a long time, and I don't want to uh, dwell on this one, other than to say that of the replicas, this one is a ripper because each of those three stories is an absolute classic. And, uh, you know, as, as a group of three Phantom comics to, to start reading, um, you could do a lot worse. I'm on the record. Toadman is just about my favourite story ever. And, um, you know, Swamp Rats and Flirtatious Princess are both sensational as well. Mm. And um, so any of those could have been the... the version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, next one up for all those in YouTube land. We have uh, Diana in the Jungle Patrol with Heart of Darkness, Chapter 4, Episode 2, The Traitor, um, issue number 1804. The author of the main story is Magnus Knutson with art by Jamie uh, Valve? Valve? I haven't written down things with little accents and stuff on it. Um, of course, Heart of, Heart of Darkness is Clarice Ramurthy and Joan Boyks. And the cover artist is Jeremy McPherson. Um... Anyone want to go first on this? I liked it. So it's I. um, oh, it's a real uh, kind of hard to take it serious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a good story. This is a story that um, I've been waiting to read for a while because I've heard a lot of good news about it. Um, officially, the reason why it didn't appear in a free news uh, in a free issue before was because it's got a picture of Diana naked um, in it, or you can kind of see a little bit of side boob or something like that. So that was the Isn't official it? reason. Um, oh, I wasn't looking that closely, but okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was the official reason why it wasn't in before. Um, I think oh, it's a bit yeah. of a shame because um, Dan's... Eagerly flicking through it. I found it um, on page eight. Where are we? Now we going to have to put don't, the E on this. Yeah, <laughs> don't show us on the podcast, on the YouTube video, otherwise we will have to get on the RedTube version. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. Um, it was fun. It's, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a fun story. It's, uh, you know, showing Diana... Proving that she can be as good as men, which we all kind of knew, but, you know. So um, the art's good. 
the story's nice and fun and fast. Uh, it's got the, the classic folkisms in it, I guess you could say it, or the phantomisms. So, yeah, I'm all for it. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, it's a it's a fun little story. There's a couple of things that um, you know, uh, you know, you've always got to suspend some belief when you're when you're reading these things. The basic <laughs> well, premise. You're a comic? What? Yeah, <laughs> I know, shocking. Um, the basic premise that Diana is at a um, a social soiree in New York and then makes a $100 bet with a man that one of them can get into the army first and so she then spends six months of her life in the Jungle Patrol to win this $100. Um, I don't know. That's not how I'd go about getting my $100. Um, and I, don't then, you know, about, I don't think it was about the money, Dan. I think it was the fact that she was standing up for all the women in the world power. who have been marginalised. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting that they did it uh, they released it around uh, Women's International Day as well. So, um, yeah, so it's an interesting little side note there. Yeah. I wonder if that was well, coincidence. I said around the date. <laughs> what do you think of the covers? <laughs> that, I haven't really mentioned the covers. Yeah, the other, just the, the, before you get to the cover, the um, the other thing that I, you know, the suspension of belief, the, the Phantom's actually... Reasonably useless in this story. It's rubbish. It turned... I hate. I don't like, I'm going against you guys. I don't like the story. Oh really? Really? Yeah. I like the, the cover. Yeah. Great. I think, especially the back cover. That's why I want to talk about the covers because I didn't like it. Well, tell us why you didn't like it. Well, I didn't like it. Well, I could see what they were trying to do. You know, the, um, making Diana very strong and um, and you know, girl power and. and all that sort of stuff. And that's why he didn't like it. Yesterday. No, no, no. I'm saying that they didn't do it well. Because <laughs> he's got sons. He doesn't yeah, have daughters. I think he's the execution... No, no don't put words in my mouth. Um, <laughs> it's it's International Women's Day, Stephen, and this is how you talk. Come on. I thought... You're as bad as... You're Shut as bad up as and listen. <laughs> um, I thought, I like what they're trying to do, but I don't think they did it well. Or back in 1973, it was probably good, but... It didn't transfer to 2018 as well as what it might have done in, mm. in 1970, yeah, 1973. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it would have been good back then, but I reckon it's lost some of its edge today. Um, I go about two and a half out of three. But um, yeah, I, the fan, yeah, it was useless, and I hate it when the author or whoever comes up with the idea thinks, we've got to get the fan out of the picture, let's knock him on the back of the head with a gun. I hate that, especially in like in the old days where um, he get thumped around and just not move, and then they just clock him on the back of the head and he's down for you know a day or a night or something like that, and you can tie him up. So whenever that appears in a story, that that goes down in my my views, and we it's, don't need yeah, I, we don't need to see yeah. that much of Diana. Diana should be treated as a absolute highly above anybody else in the, in the comic and we don't need to see any more of her than than is necessary it was, and that wasn't necessary it was, no it was gratuitous it was it, it didn't add to the story and we've had this conversation before um, in so terms Dan of Dan has spent the last five minutes searching for the panel <laughs> yeah and <laughs> found it but I had to search because I didn't know where it was I hadn't spotted it the first time through to be honest um no, I agree it with you, Stephen, and, and in, in a sense, it, I understand why you're saying what you're saying. Um, I like I like Belvey's artwork. He does. Oh yeah, I think the artwork's good. I think he uses good use of shading and things like that. Yeah, reasonably good. He does yeah. 
he certainly does enjoy drawing a, a sexy Diana. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and, you know, a, a question might be why would a, any jungle patrol woman need to be wearing a skirt that short? And I'm not sure that the heels are practical footwear for the um, what she needs to do in her job. In the 80s, 90s, anyway, Madonna Cone bra. Because that's yeah. probably my one critique about the front cover is, um, yeah, she's just a little bit too well endowed. But you got to remember that, you know, Wonder Woman wears heels and a mini skirt and, you know, stuff like that as well. So why can't Diana do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the fan doesn't do much. He just shows up at the end and throws a bomb yeah. away. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's a very good point, though, is that the Phantom is rather useless. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, anytime that happens in a story, I don't like it. It goes down. Yeah, and, and you are on the record with that, so... Yeah. Um, next issue. Cover. We didn't get to talk about the cover. You, you wanted like... to go to the cover and need. Oh, okay. Need... I'll talk about the cover. Back to the cover for those of you in um, YouTube land. Nice. Yeah, so front cover. Um, I, I do like the Phantom overlooking everything, nice and big and bold. Um, Probably doing more in that cover than he is in the story. <laughs> <In> the story. I've <laughs> <laughs> oh, lost, lost my notes. Um. Yeah, strong colours, good use of shade, like the Phantom overlooking. I felt it had like an urban feel. I think that's because of the buildings in the background and what have you. That's probably a watchtower, though, in the in the Jungle Patrol now mm. that I've read the story. Um, but, yeah, I think yeah, it looks like um, Diane's been raiding Madonna's um, undies drawer. But I, I like the back cover a lot more. Um, it's simple, but it's, it's inferring a lot, like... Um, once again, Phantom overlooking. I'm trying to get it without the without the screen looking at it. Um, and this Mason fella who is um, doing the colours for yeah. Jeremy's work and, and um, Jeremy Johnson, he's knocking it out of the park. They that is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm glad like, you raised. Yeah. I'm glad you raised, uh, mate. Thomas Mason is his name, the colourist who, who's doing that work. He, um, I think, adds a heap to the work that these artists are putting out. Um, seeing, you know, obviously Jeremy McPherson is, you know, uh, a really talented artist and is, is improving with every cover that we see from him. But I think that um, using Thomas Mason as a colourist for his work is really lifting it up a, a level again. Yeah, it's just so, so dynamic. Yeah. Um, I remember I think his first covers were, yeah. were quite flat, whereas this is, there's so much depth to yes. it, I think. Yes, and that's got to do with yeah, the colours. You're, you're talking about the colours there, yeah. um, yep. and not Diana. Um, no. <laughs> I think um, well, we've been lucky enough that Jamie has sent us a couple of his sketches with uh, his black and whites, and then like the process of before and after with the colours of Thomas Mason, mm. um, and that shows a great deal of the importance of a good colorist yeah and you know it, it like a good a good colorist can hide a bad artist and i'm not saying jamie or jeremy a bad artist please that's not what i'm saying but so they can hide a bad artist but they can also take the art to the next level which i yeah. think what thomas is doing um mason in this is doing in this case yeah and, and we've discovered recently that Thomas Mason is actually American, um, lives in America, and, and it's all being sent over um, via the magic of the internet. So well, um, yeah, that we'll was, just I to show. Just discovered that. I knew Sorry. he was American. 
Well, you didn't share it with us. Just assumed it was common knowledge. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, moving on. I, I just realised that Jermaine can see me rolling my eyes now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can and you can probably see me smirking you every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we going to talk about Heart of Darkness or wait until we've done... Do the two of them together. Yep, okay. Yeah. So, next issue, 1805, um, out by Fru, is Butterfly Man. Nice wraparound cover. We've all got it, hold it up, holding it up there. Um... Actually, this would be an awesome way to do the triptych cover in future. We could all hold up a, uh, a version of this. <laughs> it's, it's time together. Yeah. What's the butterfly I flag? think people might prefer to actually see the cover than our mugs as well. <laughs> um, it's not a bad cover. I thought it was interesting, but I preferred the um, the inset on the on the inside. Sorry, Glenn, but um, you do do a fantastic cover. But the Phantom one, I thought, added was a bit more mysterious. I think. Oh, I liked it. Uh, I didn't say I didn't like been, it. You've been a very critical man tonight, Stephen. Hey? Yeah, you've been a very critical man tonight. I like it. Normally you're on the fence. It's good to see. Well, actually, what I've done this past week, my CD player has, has um, died in my car, and I always listen, love listening to music, of course. And um, So I've been listening to podcasts a lot more. So I've been listening to the, the most popular podcast the, um, with Paul Amanda and, and Paul. Finished that and thought, oh, Let's listen back to some old X-Band ones. So I listened back to my first one, and the second one I did, I thought, rightio, I think we've come a long way since then, and I'm going to make sure <laughs> that, that i got an opinion. <laughs> so um, did you manage to find Glenn Ford's signature in this one, Stephen? I did, but I, where was it? I forget I'm supposed to be looking for these. I remember seeing it. Yeah, there it is, on the bottom of the butterfly. Uh, yes. Just... Yeah, that was good. All right, cool. So I actually really enjoyed this story. This was fantastic. It was, yeah. It was a good story. It was a, another typical phantom story. You've got a bad guy. You've got uh, memorable characters. Like you've got a memorable bad guy. The villain or anti-hero, I guess you could probably call him, um, is likable in a sense. Mm. Um, you almost you know, even though he's done the wrong thing and and stuff like that, you tend to go for him. I like the Phantom. He's actually someone that's useful this time. <laughs> yeah. um, I like how, like, when the hero jumps over the horse, um, you know, I, I just think it's a great story. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and again, I'm on, you know, I've said before that I um, don't, necessarily enjoy all of Clay Matthews' work. This is one of the the better stories of his, I think. I really I really did enjoy this one. It's the sort of one where I got to the end and go, oh, it's kind of a shame that the Butterfly mm. Man is done. Um, yeah, I'd yeah, like to... He, get away. He, he didn't die. No, no, he didn't die, but he's very he old die. and he's locked <clears> up. <throat> but he's, no, he's been caught. He's kind of like, he's the top of... No, hang on, he does he... die. No, he no, no, he doesn't. He's going to live in the prison for the rest of his life, so... There's a chance he could get he out. Kills, he kills over clutching his uh, heart. Read the second last panel. He is on the mend, but will die yeah, in Yeah, okay. okay. I'm going yep. to testify against him, Art, for your sake. I've just got an insight into how um, Jeremy reads it when he's... Uh... <laughs> he's bedtime stories. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a YouTube idea. Jermaine reads Freedom Comics bedtime stories. 
Um, the only problem when I read when I read uh, comics and, and books and stuff to Abby is that it doesn't actually calm her down. She kind of gets more riled up. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. You've got to figure that part out there. And, uh... I, I tell you what, the um, a prequel to this or a series of prequels as to how the Butterfly Man came to that position and and you can get a lot of stories before this one even if you even if he had actually I've written that you know, down that right the... here. <laughs> Same sort ah. of thing. Yeah. At least one prequel and at least one sequel. Yeah. 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 It would have been. I would have. I would have liked to seen the Butterfly Man get away. There's an opportunity for him to to come back. I think. Yeah, but Um, I would have just. It. It. It seems. It seems wrapped up. Seems wrapped up, but let's hope that. I would have liked to seen the Butterfly Man get away. Um. You said it was a typical Phantom story, in ways, yes, but the Phantom didn't show till, till halfway through, till about page 14. So the main crux of the story is from Fuzz's point of view, and and mm. I really like and this is attributed to strong writing and artwork, I suppose, but you really get to, to feel for the character, and, you, and you're hoping that, mm. that things work out for him, and you're going, you're going through things as he is mm, um, yeah. you know he gets dra- he, yes he's a part of the hold up and stuff and, but he, he was reluctant and then he, you know he was a bit worried and, and, and everything else going around on with it so you really you know, I really felt for the felt for the fella um, yeah and yeah Butterfly Man he's just an interesting character and like I said want to see yeah. want to see more of him um, yeah. and yeah, yeah I, I thought he, yeah, he was a great villain in the mould of a classic Bond or a gangster bad guy love to see more of him that's exactly what i've written yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good point yeah i thought it was interesting in the message from the publisher um what dudley had to say about um ramirthy um and the the quote that he got there from ramirthy where he says the phantom is a classic hero to the degree that he frankly misses personality traits um and i got the feeling from reading this that that uh clase is almost not happy with the Phantom as a character. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, I found that really interesting to read through Dudley's take on that. No, I kind of agree with him. What, the Phantom doesn't have character? I think it's he's Well, in a lot of stories, yes, he doesn't have character. Mm. We don't see the Phantom struggling. We don't see the Phantom having doubts about himself uh, or, you know, the only time he ever gets beaten is when he gets, you know, hit on the nongan. Um, you know, I like to see <laughs> which Stephen doesn't like. Oh, I yeah, stupid. But you know, <laughs> I like to see the Phantom doubting himself, which we've we've talked about before, like with the Princess Sin saga, with the Twenty Second Phantom story, uh, even Phantom Year One, which was a flop of the series, but we got to see the Phantom doubting himself. You know, and I don't want it to go as far as say Spider Man, where you know he's some emo person who's you know. You know, is an emotional, you know, an emotional wreck. But it's good to see. I agree with Class that the Phantom at times can be a robotic character, and I uh, think that comes say down he's to. He says an impenetrable myth. He's I, I think larger that... than life. He's actually trying to. If you go he misses, on the quote, he misses but, personality traits. But doesn't the author? Yeah. Doesn't yeah, the author so, bear responsibility for yeah, that? Exactly. Because that was my, the that's what I was going to say is that it comes down to poor writing skills. I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, 
I just think that if the it, it, it doesn't seem it seems odd that the second most prolific author for the Phantom is saying, oh well, he lacks personality traits. I mean, if he lacks personality traits, give him some. You know, that's that's where you're at. That's your that's your role. And to say that he's an impenetrable myth, um, well, you're the one creating it. So to, so provide provide some of that self doubt that you're talking about, Jim. That sort of stuff. Actually. I think you'll actually find the impenetrable myth bit is actually Dudley's comments. No, oh, but he was going on with what he was saying. No, yeah, no. So if you look at it, in a recent interview, he said, comma, sure or 66, the uh, Dudley then is says... a classic hero to the degree that he frankly misses some personality traits. He is silent, heroic, and self-sacrificing. End quote by the 99s. Then... Yeah. His attempt to penetrate this heroic fortress with inner thoughts and feelings were not as quite as successful as he had hoped. So that's Dudley saying it after quoting Clash. Yeah, leaving not him as successful to as he. Read on, leaving, yeah. So now he leave, paraphrases leaving, rather than direct quotes him. Leaving him remissy yeah. so to what conclude. I'm saying is that, that the impenetrable myth words is Dudley's and not Clash's. Maybe, but... Uh... I must say that, as I said, I just was a bit surprised to read that um, interpretation, you know, the paraphrasing of, of Clace to, to say that he wasn't, you know, really happy with his own character. Well, well yeah. Well, maybe I, he was saying that I the think... character is so big and strong that he couldn't get into him. He couldn't um, delve, he couldn't get, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He's just so intriguing and so complex that it, it was difficult for him to to go on, down on each level. He can only stay at a certain level. But he's got all this other stuff happening underneath. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, that's, that's, that's probably Speaking a whole deep. podcast in itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Heart of Darkness, boys. Heart of Darkness. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm reading it, but uh, I've got no idea what's happening. And there, there's bad guys, there's other bad guys. There's it's getting complicated, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And especially, um, you know, well, I suppose we had one issue after another this time, but it's been a while since. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This it's panel um, right here on at the start of the uh, Heart of Darkness in um, 1804, where the Garan says, incredible, it's hard to get your head around. And the Phantom says, yes, it's hard to keep track of everything. And I read that and I'm like, never a truer word was written. Um, To be honest, I don't even even read Heart of Darkness anymore. I flick through it and I enjoy the art and go, yep, that's that's some great art. But I probably read about six words um, because it, it just is, I'm finding it too difficult to keep up with. It's, it's a great, and Glenn has made mention that it's, it seems like it's a great debate and something that they continually discuss uh, and probably, you know, change their minds three, four times on how they're going to continue with it. Do they continue yeah. with it like this? Do they just trade paperback it? Um, I think, like I said, I think it's a no-win situation. Yeah. It's a great story. We deserve and we should be reading it. Um, like free should be publishing it, but with the fact that of their publishing schedule the way it is, um, you know, it, you know, because you got to remember, and we've said it before, Egmont 
had this over a two, three year period and it was in every single issue. Yeah. So, you know, it was easier to go back and read the parts. Um, you know, we have to, you know, because if, you, if you're if you an Egmont reader when this first came out, it was literally just the last issue. Yeah. With us, we got to go back, okay, when was this published? Was it published in this one? No, that was, that was uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Phantom by Gaslight. What about this one? Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, hang on, no, I'm missing one. Oh, where is it? So... It is it is hard for fans to yeah. follow it. I don't I don't really know the answer. I and at least when they do it, like they've gone boom boom boom. There's um two two in consecutive issues, like you're saying, and so probably it would be easier to to catch up with because it's like that. But uh, even so, I just um yeah look, Phantom by Gaslight. You mentioned that it's easier to just read a one off chat one off chapter and um move on. it seems it seems to be better in terms of being a self contained yeah like you say Steve episode whereas these I also, I also think there's not as much going on in it mm. as yeah. heart of darkness yeah. and i know that kind of sounds might sound a little bit rude but heart of darkness there's a lot going on yeah. where um well, like I said, Gaslight, yeah, there's about three lots of bad guys i think which one are we supposed yeah. to? Yeah. I, who are I don't. Th- I don't know who that is. Um, if someone was going to take offence to that, I'm not sure who would, Jim, because I don't think. Um, uh, well, I'm just apologising because you've offended I, everyone else this podcast and <laughs> uh, and Stephen. So I'm just being the nice guy for once. I just. I don't. I don't think that the Phantom by Gaslight guys would take offence to that because it means that their writing is is effective and cuts through. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure that um, Clayton Matthew and and the and Joan Boyce would. T- take offence to that because it means that their story is richer and complex. So, you know, there, there's advantages <laughs> to both, but I just think in terms of the publishing schedule for Fru in 2018, um, Phantom by Gaslight is more suited to that style. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how, how many pages would a chapter be? Uh, well, there's, what, eight, eight pages. Parts. Six to eight parts in each chapter. Well, if you go a chapter About 40, per issue... 40, 50 yeah, pages? Yeah. It's probably a bit too much to... But what you're saying is every two months actually release... The entire chapter. Yeah, chapter. it doesn't have to be every two months, every four... Like, just have a... Just go bang with the Heart of Darkness and every issue is another chapter. Yeah. But, um... And, and then concentrate on, got a, on Gaslight for the, um, for the fillers. Yeah, and to be honest, there is enough fillers. There's Gaslight. Uh, there's all of the, um... You know, there's a few other stuff that Egmont has produced and stuff like that. There's the Charlton issues as well that you could do as, um, what do you call it, as fillers. There's the prose stories from Moonstone as well. So maybe that is the only way they can do it is produce a comic, whether it's a 40 or a 50 page, and it's one chapter at a time. And when we say fillers, we're not being flippant about it. So but they do have, they've got a quota of pages to, to fill. And, um, yeah, and I would rather a story than, you know, um, twenty page or ten pages of of someone complaining about, you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read the um, the, fan, the forum for the a little forum. while. I, I checked I checked names to see who sent letters and if I recognise anyone, I'll start reading. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anything else? Nope. No. Okay. Let me go down the run sheet. I've been looking at the... Okay, giant size. Where are we here? There it is. 
Giant size number four. Bring the thing up so I can see what I'm doing to the camera. Um, once again with art by... Ben Lumsden. Ben Lumsden. Name, name uh, escaped me. Um, the Phantom in Space. Yeah, it was not really a wraparound, but on the back cover you've got um, an advertisement for uh, Planet Man, who he features in this issue, correct? Yep. Oh, he's on the Heavily? Front. Yes. He's on the front cover running towards us. Um, as you can guess, I haven't read that part of the story. I have read The, the Phantom. Um, so the, we've got the fan, how the Phantom saved the, the Earth, the um, the Falkberry classic, and I say classic because it was one of the first ones that I remember reading in the paper when I was a kid, yeah. so it holds a, a, close, a, a place close to my heart, so I really enjoy that story. Um, then we've got Captain Strato, Comet Man and Planet Man. Um, authors, of course, are Lee Falk. Then we've got John Dixon, Peter Chapman and Shane Foley. Um, and the artists are Cy Barry, and then the rest are author and artist the same, aren't they? John Dixon, Peter Chapman, and Shane. Mm. That's my... Um, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Shane would one. love to be mentioned along with the names of Peter Chapman and John Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. Well, he has to be now. They, they uh, publishing the same... Yeah, I know. He'll just like... He'll be, he'll be getting a kick out of it his name the... mentioning the same as... Um, as yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't... Open up this book. Are you reading some of this for the first time? I, I have not flicked open to that page. I have not... There. What the heck's going on oh, here? Oh, there you go. Wow. No, yeah. Well, that is the Planet Man um, little crossover. Did, did you not listen to the Shane Foley I interview I know he yet? has crossed... No, I haven't listened to that yet. I've only just put it up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent the rest of the day with Bradley. Um, oh, come on. Priorities. Priorities. Surely you and Bradley just kick back with a glass of milk and listen to the podcast? <laughs> My um my two boys were there. They were getting a little bit they were getting a little bit ready by the end of it, but um they 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 held up well. Um but no, I was I was thinking about today. It's the effect that reading those first couple of pages of Catman has had on me. That I want to go back and read Giant Size, and I'm really trying to find time to do it. But well, I would I would say to you and to anyone else who's listening that even if you if you don't read the old stories, go and read the Shane Foley ones because basically, yeah. like if you enjoyed. Um, how the Phantom saved the Earth, yeah. then you will enjoy the the Planet Man because it's essentially a sequel, um, oh, or a, or a yeah to to well certainly to the Hornstar Demons. Yeah. Um, basically, the Hornstar yeah. Demons come back to Earth again, and this time instead of coming across the Phantom, they come across Planet Man. Oh, so wow. and and there's lots of oh last time we were here and now <laughs> this time you know that sort of stuff. I, so, I, I just realised that um, the... when I showed the thing up on the on the screen, I wasn't describing what was happening. So, just because no. we're cross media now, so for those of you who um, who aren't watching us and haven't read it, the Phantom's wearing some type of space suit, a space suit, um, with skull heavily skull marked and slightly robotic looking, and look, that looks pretty cool. I want to see what happens. Um, Very future well, Phantom. Yes. It's not actually the Phantom. Well, hey, don't hey spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. I've read it yet. <laughs> Shut up. You don't know what cross media you, you now you want to watch the comic book? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so all right. So Jermaine. Bedtime stories with Jermaine. Planet Man. Earth twenty one fifty five AD. No. It doesn't have so, to be the first um, Phantom. Well it's not, because this is twenty one fifty five AD. Well I know that now, but you just said it wasn't the Phantom. Well it's not. And who is it then? It's Planet Man. <laughs> You don't want spoilers. 
anyway, judging by the discussion, go out and read the thing, because um, otherwise you'd look like a dealer like myself here. And um, Well, we know that Shane Foley has a hell of a lot of fun um, putting these yes. comics together um, and writing these stories, and they are, they're, they're a lot of fun to read. And uh, this Phantom fan found himself enjoying Planet Man, um, which yes. I didn't think that I would. Well, I'll tell you, what I do is when I get the giant size, I go straight to Shane Foley's stuff and read his stuff first. And that's not just plugging him, you know, he's bribed me or anything like that. That sounds like the sort of endorsement that um, (laughs) Fru can put up on their website. (laughs) When I read Planet Man... (laughs) When I I go giant size, I forget everything else and I just go straight to Shane Foley's stuff because I know it's going to... It's going to be a fun story. It's going to be short. I'm going to learn something about the other character that Fru is plugging in there, but I'm going to get a phantom element in that. And in this one, in my opinion, this is his best one yet. Agreed. Um, And he's he's done some good ones. I liked his last two-part one because it had so much fork stories in it and fork characters and stuff. Yeah. But this one is good, and I love the way it ends, and because it's, it's kind of like, like with all of his stories, it's got that phantom element, that phantom touch in it, and it's like, you know, you, you're not really sure. You, you're wanting more. It, where we talked about the, one of those stories before where they wrapped it up nicely, these stories that Shane Foley's doing, he's on purpose left it open. Yeah. And, and I like that because it gives room for a lot more follow-up stories, either by Shane or by someone else. And, yeah, um, yeah if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Shane Foley's uh, podcast... Yeah. As Molly would say, do yourself a favour. Do yourself a favour. <laughs> do yourself a favour and go listen to it because uh, it's great. Like, the last the last three panels is, is great, is classic. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this. It was fun. Um and it was, you know, what only what started on page eighty three, finished on ninety six, so what thirteen pages. Um, so yeah, and then once I read that, I then went to the uh, the Lee Fork story and read about how the Phantom saved the Earth. So random question, guys, were you happy with the choice of Fru? Because we we didn't know stories. We saw this cover first, which is yeah. the Phantom in Space. Yeah. And so we had the discussion, what Phantom story are they going to publish? And we came down to three stories. This one, the Hornstar Demons, and then also the Blue Giant. They were the three that we were thinking. I voted that the Hornstar by Wilson McCoy would have been the better one because it's Wilson McCoy, which is the same era. And as it turned out, you've got the sequel to this as well. So... But they went for the Cyberry one. What, what, what are your guys' opinion? Well, I like this one, so it's one of my favourites. The Hornstar Demon, I can't re- recall off the top of my head, so it probably would be good to um, uh, to have read that before reading the, the Shane Foley one, so I could see um, I could see the reasons for that one. But having included the Phantom um, Saves the Saves the World or Saves the Earth. I, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's just, it's a great story. I, I love it. Yep, 
where I, and I completely understand that, but I probably agree with uh, Jermaine this time for exactly the reasons. Mm. You know, as Ooh. you were as you were saying them, I was thinking for Wilson McCoy being the right era in, in the Giants' yeah. size era, and then again, as you said, as it turns out, um, it would have been a nice precursor to. Um, what Shane produced for Planet Man. But that said, I have... My I was happy says, with it. Sorry? I was happy with what they chose, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got no problem with it. It's a good story. Um, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if, um, just by page count, I, my gut says that um, Blue Star, uh, Blue Horn, De- you know, whatever, what are we calling them? Born Star Demons is a much shorter story than How the Phantom yes. Saved the Earth, which may yes. not have led to the, the 100 pages, which is very important to have running up and down the spine. <laughs> yes. Well, with, well, um, yeah. with the, with the uh, story length, this is something that I noticed that um, you know, a lot of people critique the, the dailies now about pacing and, and what have you. you know, it takes a while for <laughs> things to happen. But Walk through look, a tunnel. It, yeah, no one would ever get upset about that. The... The, the folk story in this, the amount of repetition that's there to catch the audience up to what's happened, that, like, if you didn't have it in there, the story wouldn't lose anything. You, you could still read the story without yeah. there, but, you know, we like to th- read things unedited. Um, so, well, when people yeah. are giving a crack to, or having a crack at um, DePaul about his pacing and, you know, taking a while for things to build up, Falk was doing the same. It, you know, it takes a while for things to, yeah. to build yep. up. Yep. Now, I think the reason why we got that story was because the Hornstar Demons was last published in 2016, in yeah. 1751, um, where How the Phantom Saved the Earth, this is only ever the second time, and the first time was in 1051, which was 1993. So yeah. I think that... I would have read that. That's only just recently. How come I don't remember it? Probably. Was it in an annual? Or was probably. it in a um, replica? replica. Yeah, probably. Probably a replica. Let's have a look. 1751, it would have been a replica because um, that's well and truly into the new Fru Crew era and yeah, and they wouldn't have been producing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I haven't... <laughs> so that's why I need to read the replicas. And, yeah, exactly. And and that's, um, I think, part of... I'm not sure where I heard this and um, might have been part of Shane's interview where the Fru Crew don't want to be repeating anything that is... Um, you know, has been published in the last 20 years, seems to, seems yeah, to be the window, which is a good size window, I think. And um, they also have a bit of an eye on well, what is being reproduced or about to be reproduced in a replica that's coming up as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so that may well be a very good reason why they chose um, How the Phantom Saved the Earth. Yeah, I think, and the other good thing about the Phantom Sa- how the, the Barry version of How the Phantom Saved the Earth is that it does touch upon the Hornstar demons anyway. Yeah, yeah. Although they're slightly depicted in a different way, sure. like Barry has them less uh, Asian, Mongolian, Chinese. Yeah, where Shane Foley captures the uh, Asian, Mongolian, Chinese feel a lot better than what Cy Barry does. Cy Barry is probably more politically correct. <laughs> well, um, Shane's um, Shane's comment and he loved it he mentioned in his podcast giant roman viking genghis khan type aliens <laughs> yeah. but that's what they look like they look like that yeah great. yep um what do we think about the cover i don't think we've mentioned about the cover um we got the phantom looks like the moon i'm going to say the moon because it's got craters on there there's a nice rock craters. in the background it's very space looking of course seeing it's giant size in space um find it 
uh, very energetic with the, uh, um, the other characters running towards camera, um, very powerful and what have you. And I'm, I'm wanting to look past um, Fam not needing a spacesuit or anything. You're looking strong there, and with Australia on the world on the world flag, that's always good. Um, however, his head just doesn't seem to match the rest of his body. He, he just seems a little off, maybe a little small, maybe. If I'm going to critique it. Um, boys, Coming from reckon? yeah, critique critique from uh, three non-artists. We've got probably about <laughs> as much talent the three of us together is probably is probably Glenn's uh, little finger. Yes. Um, but no, I tend to agree. Maybe maybe like seeing it doesn't have a space helmet on or like the fishbowl uh, space thing. It's like why his head's a little bit smaller. It's like you know the pressure's getting to him. <laughs> Um, but, no, but it made me think of the old Bugs Bunny Marvin the Martian cartoons where they didn't need space hats either. So um, it was yeah. good enough for Bugs. It's good enough for our for our fella. I don't like it's it's not my favourite one out of the four that no. uh, Glenn's done so far so far, but I still like it. Um, so oh, you know, yeah, really being picky about yeah, millimeters of it. Yeah, millimeters of a skull, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I tend to agree, but I, I think there was a, a comment tra- a comment trail on Facebook about um, has the Phantom ever been seen in space before? And I think the general agreement was that no, he probably hasn't. Um, I know there was a few there's a few covers where he looked like he might have been captaining a spaceship, but that could easily just as easily be a jet or something as well. So um, it, it would it, it's unusual and unique in that sense at the very least. Nah, there's have been heaps. Um, the problem with that is that but that's the phantom and it's official law as well because it's been in the newspapers as um, is uh, in the P3 yes so no where the comment came about oh no this is the first time that was probably only talking about Australian comics and no disrespect to the person who made that comment the phantom is a lot bigger than just Australia and just free comics there's more comics in the world than just free comics. So I gave a couple. There's been a couple of ones where it has been in space, i.e. a spaceship, uh, which I've actually got one of them on there. Uh, there's been all the Defenders of the Earth um, in the comics, uh, also the posters and also the DVD stuff as well. Uh, and then there was, there was another one which I can't remember as well. So short answer, this is probably the first time in an Australian comic that the Phantom is in space, but it is not the first time that the Phantom has been shown in space around the world. Yeah. See, I haven't been on Facebook much, so I missed all any argument that was going on there. So, um, thanks. Oh, for... wasn't an argument. It was just a, a hearty me discussion. Being right, <laughs> me being right and uh, everyone else being wrong. <laughs> uh, and no disrespect, but yeah, it was it was a good point though that the person made that we don't see much of the Phantom in space. Um, Which makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, it it is because he's really only been let's let's be honest, he's only been dealing with spatial elements in probably a handful of fork stories, three that we can think of. Um, And you know there hasn't really been many others. Maybe the Phantom and the Astronaut story, which was that Cybari story, but the Phantom again wasn't in space. The Astronaut was. That was was Uh, much more a pirate and a kidnapping story than it was a space story. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and probably the only other one that's been featured in a fruit story would probably be the old 2050. Do you remember that story? Yeah. Can't tell. Phantom 2050, where it features a Where's futuristic phantom. Yeah. Uh, where the Phantom is in a futuristic... Uh, it was done by Hans Lindell, I believe it was. Um, no relation to Phantom 2040. Um, the Phantom versus Sing 2050, which was a 2000 story, and the number that it published in Australia was 1276. I'll have to go so, back and have a, have a read of that one. Yeah, and I actually really enjoyed that story. And... For that actually story got the best story for Norway and Sweden back in 2000 as well. So uh, okay. a lot story. of people, yeah, a lot of people enjoyed that. Um, what's interesting is it features our favourite Dogo Singh as well. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was the 23rd Phantom. Uh, okay, I, I liked it. I liked that story. Um, anything else about the other stories there? So I think we covered the, the Shane Foley and the um, and the Falk, but um, who are the other ones? Co- yeah. uh, Comet Man and, and Captain Strato. Um, any comments about them? Oh, I'm sure um, they'll be covered really well by the Captain Strato podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I read them. Um, like I, I've been trying to make an effort to read them, and like Dan looks like he, on the on the video podcast that he's uh trying to read them quickly as well. Um, I'm glancing through the art. <laughs> um, the arts, the, I, I enjoy the art. Like Chuck Dixon is a talented artist. Um, it is Peter one Ch- of the better, it's one of the better art that has appeared in a yeah. giant size. It's certainly better yes. than the first couple. Yes. Um, the second one, what was the second one? The Comet Man wasn't my favourite. Um I feel like this is kind of going to be ironic, but I almost miss Shadow and Sir Falcon. Yeah, I, I said at the time that I was liking the Shadow stories. Mm. Um, so, like, I like the idea of putting the fa- you know, like doing this as a giant size in space and collecting a couple of stories. It's a nice theme. It's a novel idea. Um, Planet Man story I like. The Fork story. We all agree we liked. I enjoyed the art with um, uh, what's the dude name? The Strat, Strat. What's his name? Captain Strato. Captain Strato. Uh, Comet Man. I don't know. It looks like a budgie with his little uh, spikes on his head, doesn't he? <laughs> cocky. Yeah, a little cocky. You know. So I don't know. It, it's it's good fun. You, you got to remember that it is what it is, and that's a um. Uh, it's a story from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've got nothing more to add about Hermes. We've already covered that, and the same with Lightning Strikes in regards to new <clears> issues. <throat> um, so I think that's about it, fellas. We're, we're, get, we're, we're heading into the outro. And if we're lucky, we might oh, even wow. get, get in under two hours. Yeah, that would be a nice change, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> So, um, I think a te- I think a test match game's quicker than our podcast. <laughs> uh, so, uh, thanks. Well, uh, it's Nick. good to say it's not always our fault because the Mike Manley podcast was one of our longer ones recently, and um, that was almost yeah. all Mike. He he just wanted to keep talking. So it's awesome. not always just us, and there's a lot of news to get through tonight. Yeah, um, there's been a lot how, going on. 
How good was that Mark Manley talk? That oh, was great. I, I listened to that this past I've, week. I've had a few people comment and just say, I didn't, you know, because like a lot of people have tried to get in touch with Mike and seeing he's so busy, it's not always prompt in replying and stuff. And I had people saying, I was not expecting Mike to talk that much and, and go into as much details. And and I, I thought it was great. Uh, even uh, his assistant, Mimi, had a listen to it. She said that Mike didn't do her justice. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've said that we'll uh, have to we'll do it. We'll get the untold least, story of Mike Manley. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to at least do a, <laughs> a, a written interview with her, and uh, Mimi and Mike are cool with Actually, that. Actually, the, the, um, the strip that he was drawing Comes out tomorrow. at the time is tomorrow on Cyberry's birthday. It's all coming full circle, and it's all... <laughs> On the YouTube, I'm just pointing at the symmetry. <laughs> I'm missing when your fingers count. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because I can't see my own hands. But there was a couple of things that came <laughs> out of that. In, I wanted to... Right, I can't remember what it was. Um, one thing, when he was talking about... He was doing work for Transformers and stuff, um, on the on the comic, I thought, hang on, I've got some old Transformers comics. Um, but I, I haven't seen that he's got... <laughs> if his name's on there at all yet, so I have to... Right. Um, have a have a better look. So I may have had some manly stuff already, but um, yeah. but it was Transformers and GI Joe. I just picked them, I picked them up for about four bucks for about I don't know, whole stack, whole stack of comics. Um, if only two fandoms were so cheap. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I saw them at a um at a market, and you know each bundle was two dollars, and they're in good nick. So I thought, yeah, why not? Why not indeed? And, uh, and this is why our podcasts go over two hours because we get on tangents like this. <laughs> so, okay, wrapping it up. Thank you very much to um, all those who support us on Patreon that, that allow us to go for two hours or, or however long we go for. Thank you very much. It's um, it's an absolute pleasure to, to sit in my car and talk fandom with, with these two <laughs> fellas on, you know, three different corners of the country and then, you know, another other times other side of the other side of the world yeah um and as and as we said at the start the the fact that we can now um, not only the length of time but now we're putting these up on youtube which is going to be it's entertained me if nothing else uh, <laughs> so that, that that's been awesome um yeah really appreciate the the people's hard earned the only problem with that dan is that you're going to limit your beers because now we know how many beers you've drunk tonight <laughs> and have a look at the, have yeah, a look at the holder though yeah, I'm sure people are oh, yeah. Suck up. Suck <laughs> That's got to be worth a... I don't know. I'll catch up with the uh, the Fru Crew A in Sydney and see what sort of sponsorship arrangements we can make. <laughs> just, just looking at the... Uh, yeah, anyway. I've just gone back onto the Skype vision so I can see everyone again. Um, we could hire out the Space Now Forest there, Dan, and um, we could probably get a bit more uh, sponsorship. <laughs> I've got a little I bit have more been care, conscious but... when I bend over to look at comics, I'm probably putting a, a glare on people's screens. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got a little I'll bit of what, guys, have um, a haircut on the weekend. I'm growing mine. I'll um I'll I'll cut some <laughs> off and then I can uh, rinse it out. You look to like you guys. shaggy ruffian. No, I got a shave and I got a shirt on as well. Okay, come on, guys. Uh, okay. I'm dressed up. Um, I'm wearing shorts. As well, <laughs> um, so I'm fully dressed up. I'm in my Sunday best. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like a newsreader and just had um, togs on to, underneath or something. Well, no, because I might have to get up and then it might be a bit cheeky or something. <laughs> um, so, P3 Phantom Preservation Project, 
reward the latest editions um shane foley what's in there from shane foley Okay, so in the Shane Foley uh, interview, which obviously you haven't listened to yet, um, he <laughs> Give me a talked da- about... Tomorrow is when I'll be back in the car. Not this one, my actual one. <laughs> um, he's actually uh, talked about some, um, what would you call them? Like cover ideas that he sent oh, yes. through back yeah. in the 90s. I remember so that. we've actually included those. Um, one of them, the ones, is uh, now in my collection, which is, oh, looks sweet. Um, shout out to Shane. Uh, bribe was collected. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, uh, in all seriousness, so there was a couple of those which uh, were three stories from um, uh, the Christmas special in 97, I believe. One of them was used as the Korean competition. Then there was uh, a Barry and a... Um, Wilson McCoy's story. And then there was also some stuff, uh, some Defenders of the Earth appearing in newspaper strips in both The Phantom, Flash, and Mandrake. So this is actually the first time that The Phantom has actually appeared in a Flash comic, and the first time, and it was actually the first time that the three of these guys appeared together because these were um, promotional materials that ran in around the world in newspaper stories, uh, that basically stopped the story. It was done by Lee Fork, Cy Barry, uh, Fred Fredericks, and Lee Fork, and then Dan Barry, I believe, yep. was in the uh, Flash artist as well. That's right. Um, so there's a real, you know, real uh, symmetry, family connection, and stuff like that. Um, so it is actually uh, a promotional piece that features. Yeah. The characters and it was interesting because obviously as i put it on the p3 i did a little bit of research about it and um, it was interesting to see that those appeared in newspapers around the world before um the the tv series was starting to appear um and so yeah it, it, it would it really did break in like for the phantom comic it was um oh i'm just having a dream about a potential future and that sort of <laughs> thing and very similar to the other two so um, I, I'd be interested to go back and have a look at the stories as they've been printed in comic books to see if those panels actually make oh, it in because there'd be no real... Per- they weren't. The Phantom one wasn't. Which, right. which story was the Phantom? It, oh, it was... Um, it was a holiday one where they were on Eden or something. Um, I can't remember the exact story. So he's just a had a bit of a nap on Gilloway and uh, dreamt about the <laughs> Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, um, basically. The, synopsis so yeah they, they, i thought that was pretty cool um when you when you showed them to us and so they're on the p3 for people to see you missed out when you mentioned shane foley you, you forgot to mention his um uh three page story sample that he sent in to jim uh, which you did talk about on the podcast as well so there's um three page three pages of a of a shane foley story from the 90s which is it's really interesting to compare his art then to the art that's being produced in you know like planet man which we've talked about tonight um, and the other thing, that? sorry, did we include that? Yeah. Oh, I have to have a look at that. I don't remember that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You'll have to uh, sign up to the Patreon so that you can get access. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Phantom story that it appeared in was called the Escape Convicts, which was a Sunday in 1986. There we go. There you go. <clears throat> And uh, finally, the the other two additions to the the P3 was the um, the Brazilian uh, Playboy and the Australian Penthouse articles on the Phantom, both from 1983, as it turned out. One of which is far more risque than the other. Um, the Australian um, 
the Australian article is just about the Phantom Club. Um, the Brazilian one is called. The translation is something like "This doesn't happen in the comic books." Um, and <laughs> Which is fair to say that it doesn't happen in the. It does in not. The comic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are there, and um, about uh, in a week or so, we will update the P3 again for people who are subscribing. But I think, um, you know, for the Patreons, a lot of people have been involved well before the P3 got off the ground. Um, people are just uh, happy to support and, and help um, us put this out. Uh, it's a free podcast, as I mentioned earlier, um, but for some people to put their hand up and say, you know what, I enjoy this so much that... Um, I'd like to help it keep going. Um, we really appreciate it, and the, the, the Phantom Preservation Project is, I guess, a way of being able to say thank you by sharing a little bit of what's in our collections and, and what we can um, you know, let people have a look at and, and download and get copies of themselves. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's in a sense, a small thank you. Yeah. It's not a bribe. It's not a, you know, I don't even know if you would call it a reward. It's a, a thank you from us that, you know, we have some cool stuff that we would like to share and we, you know, we hope you enjoy. And there's yeah. other fans that have been helping us collect some of this stuff as well. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So as always, our website is chroniclechamber.com, uh, Reddit message board, uh, reddit.com slash r slash phantom fans. Of course, you can email us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Our social media links are Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page and Phantom Collector Group. They're both on Facebook. Uh, we tweet on at Chronicle Tweets, Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Please subscribe, review us, give us five stars because we're awesome. Um, on iTunes and any other podcast platform. Um, anything else there, fellas, before we call it a night? I just think it's. I'll be really pleased with our our recent reviews, which have pushed us right to the very top of the charts of all of the fan and podcasts that are out there in the world. So, um, thank you very much to all the fans who are choosing us over all of the possible other fan and podcasts you could be listening to. We, we can't say that we're the only <laughs> one now because the most popular they they tend to talk a fair bit of Phantom now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yes. they stole the idea off us. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I doubt, on I doubt anyone's. Yeah, I doubt anyone's listening this far in, so we can bag them and be <laughs> safe. Anyway, all right. Thank you very much, and as always, happy fandoming. Happy, happy fandoming. <laughs> Crocky, you guys can talk. Yeah, it just goes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Actually, there was a bit of news there that I just came across. I don't think have we covered up this uh, new language fandom comic found. This is yeah, huge. We've, we've no, through the run sheet, mate. It's down towards the bottom. Oh, has yeah. that? I'm looking at the top of the run sheet. We're focusing. We're focusing on stuff to buy. So just, okay. just oh, of course, of course, I should have read. Top to bottom. Left to right. Okay, so. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware, the Phantom's always there. But you won't find the Phantom He finds 